0: Today, we're going to be walking through three Stoic practices that will help you take control of your life and your time. Don't spend another minute wasting your time on negative emotions. Welcome to the Taking Your Time podcast. Hello, Time Hackers. I'm so excited about today's podcast because it touches on a topic that's near and dear to my heart. Stoicism is something that has helped me throughout many different phases of my life. And believe it or not, I waste a lot of time. Not as much as I used to, but I still waste quite a lot more than I would like to. And and I guarantee all of you are as well, especially when it comes to your feelings and things that you worry about. Your emotions have so much control over how you act, over what you think about, over how you spend your time and energy. And it's not just in the back of your mind as you're working. It actually impacts the actions that you take. This may come across as procrastination or brooding or any number of behaviors that are ultimately maladaptive to the emotional feelings that you're having. And it's important to really take a moment to not only understand them, but to be able to repackage that energy into something positive. So while the, this episode is really focused on how time is impacted by your feelings, I really encourage you to do some more research on stoicism. I find that it will help you in just all aspects of your life. and It'll be really valuable for you. Now, I tried to find some studies on how much of our time is spent worrying or dealing with our emotions. I didn't find anything very specific, but I found a few different articles suggesting that, you know, perhaps we spend two hours and 15 minutes of our day based on some surveys, just being worried, being stressed, thinking about the outcome or being anxious about something that could be happening or is happening or might be happening. So I think it's really important to find a way to be able to deal with that. And I certainly struggled for a long time until I found stoicism. Now, these three practices that I'm about to share with you, they are borrowed from my research and learnings of stoicism, but they're not, you know, these aren't uh, official or anything. They're just my sort of interpretations of some Stoic practices that have helped me. Now, this is a really awesome quote. So Marcus Aurelius, he's one of the last, you know, quote unquote, good emperors. And a lot of what we know about Stoicism today is is left in his writings called The Meditations. That's his private journal, actually. I don't think he ever intended to publish it, if I understand that correctly. But there's a lot of great philosophy. There's a little bit on, you know, how Marcus used the Stoic principles in his daily life. But one of the quotes that I think really is a central theme and kind of wraps all of these together in a basic concept is that, so this is the quote, if you are distressed by anything external, the pain is not due to the thing itself, but to your estimate of it. And this you have the power to revoke at any moment. So you may, you may have heard the phrase, you know, it's all in your head. And sometimes it's taken a bit too lightly. The reason I like this variation is is that it Marcus ends this with, and this you have the power to revoke at any moment, acknowledging that, you know, it, it could just all be your imagination. But not only is it maybe your imagination, but it's real feelings caused by your interpretation of events of events or your feelings or reactions to things that are happening around you. And because those things come from you, you have the ability to decide not to feel that way or to or decide to think about something else or to, you know, have a different reaction. So that control is particularly important because a lot of the way that time is wasted is because you feel like you might be spiraling. I've done some silly things where, you know, I, I have a little bit of time and I get so obsessed over being able to use it in the the best way possible. And so I get caught in this loop because I have so much anxiety over the proper use of time that sometimes I end up not using as much of it as I would like to. Instead, spend a lot of my time, you know, worrying about uh, if I'm using it correctly. And so that's just an example where, you know, logically, the best way to use time is to use it and so not to think about, not to spend the time thinking about what to do with, I mean, you want, you need to do that a little bit, of course, but taken to the extreme, it's, it's obviously a waste of time. It's, it's procrastination. And so anyway, I love, I love this quote. And I think it, it really feeds into the, the, the different ways or the different techniques that I'm going to share with you that you can actually take Stoic principles and really what, what I've heard described once is snap back, right? So You know, you get into some sort of negative emotional state. Sometimes positive emotional states can have this effect too. And and you're just in it too long. Being able to snap back quickly allows you to assess what's going on. So one way to really drive this concept home, especially in modern times, I think universally everyone will agree Traffic creates a lot of stress. (laughs) And for many people, this is this stress kind of goes beyond just the time that you spend driving. It it probably bleeds into other activities. You probably don't want to go into work or commute or, you know, get into traffic because you're dreading the the emotional toll that it's going to take on you. So if you just think about that that moment of time when you know someone cuts you off in traffic or they honk at you i think when i first started down this path of using these these stoic practices i could very easily tell that i was tense and i'm angry and i want to shout something back i want to honk right and it just it takes me a long time to sort of get back to normal i'm good now but it's it's taken a lot of work and it's taken some practice well that time that I've spent stewing over, you know, what may be happening with the other driver. You know, that driver may be late to a funeral. They may be late to their own wedding. They may not realize they cut you off. And you tend to take it personally and spend a lot of energy there when maybe if you had a bit more data, it, it might you it might not be a big deal at all. But because you don't have that data, you sort of come up with these stories in your head and and that feeds into those negative feelings. That time between something happening and all the time afterwards that you spend sort of reacting and thinking about it, that is a waste of time. And I use the traffic example because everyone can sort of relate to that, but there's definitely many other aspects of your life that will consume even more time maybe reacting to what others do in in a relationship or what your boss is doing or your or your company is doing at work or perhaps you know spending a lot of time just being in shock over you know what what the other political party is is saying right these are all depending on your personality and depending on your lifestyle, any one of these things can consume a lot of time. And so that was that was just an example, but I I love to use the traffic example because everybody knows what I'm talking about. That moment where you're just trying to, you know, reset and and focus on what you're doing. And you can, on one hand, you can say, well, I'm driving, so I'm not really wasting time. It's not comfortable to be upset, but I'm not really wasting time. I would argue that even in that specific example, you're stuck in traffic, you can be thinking about something else. Like you don't need to be thinking about these feelings that you have and being able to put your energy onto maybe a problem that you have. By the time you get to your destination, you might have something solved. Like thinking about other things still takes time. Or maybe you can have a phone call and be talking to someone and getting a conversation in on your commute that you wouldn't have normally been able to but instead you were too stressed out and just didn't didn't want to talk to anybody so um it it's a lot more impactful i think than it than it sounds right away so i sort of see these three pillars when i think of stoicism and they're and they're the themes again this is something that i've sort of come up with as my own interpretation, but I, I I do find them to be sort of recurring themes within stoicism. The first is awareness, right? Being aware that you have feelings and those feelings aren't necessarily reality. They're just actualized by you and by your reaction to things, right? Nothing is good or bad. If something happened and you didn't know about it, like you wouldn't have any thought about it, right? But because you think about something and you subconsciously apply some sort of judgment to it, that's where we tend to go astray. And so having that awareness that you're doing that is a, is a very powerful foundational thing. If you take away nothing from this conversation, just being aware is, is probably half or more of the battle. So being aware of your thoughts being aware of your feelings, not just letting them sort of drive you, but putting you in the driver's seat. What do you want out of life? And making sure that you're not reacting to things, but that you're pushing your behaviors and you're guiding your thoughts in a place that you want them to be. The second sort of pillar is acceptance, right? So things will happen to you and you just sort of have to accept that they happened. Especially if it's in the past, it's out of your control. So there's nothing that you can do to change. Now, what is in your control is maybe preventing. If if you didn't like something, you can prevent similar sorts of things happening in the future by taking a different set of actions. But there's nothing that you can do about. That. And then there's certain sort of macro things that you know. Whether it's let's say you know the the, the environment or certain laws getting passed or certain people getting elected or you know maybe something something bad happens to one of your your relatives or your bank account or something like that. like some sometimes things happen and you can only control what you can do forward. You have to accept that those things are going to happen and you don't always have influence. but you do have some level of influence. And so that's what you need to focus on. I think the third is, the pillar for me, is is action, right? So taking that awareness, taking that acceptance of the things that you can't control, and then that forces you to draw that line in the sand and say, well, I can control everything on this side of the line, then I can take action, right? I can think through, I can make sound, reasoning, logical steps towards the ultimate objective that I want to have. So awareness, acceptance, and action. Those are sort of the, the three pillars. And I'll give you some techniques that you can use with that. So the first one, which is really great for awareness, is called the self-distancing technique. So the one of the uh, Kronz and Grossman study, which was done in 2012, they found that cueing people to reason about personally meaningful issues from a distance perspective enhances reasoning, attitudes, and behavior. What that means is if you don't spend all of your consciousness in the moment of whatever it is that's happening, but you take a little bit of your consciousness and step back and pretend like you're observing yourself, right? Having an, an out-of-body um, experience. What would you think about what you're doing? Imagine for your for a moment that it's actually your friend that's doing this. What would you advise them, right? And that's the way that you sort of assess what's happening and uh, distance yourself a little bit from the from the emotions and the feelings that you're having. Another slightly different way to do this is to almost have a projection in your mind, of someone who is maybe a mentor or someone that you look up to, and then sort of anticipate what would they say about your behavior or your thoughts at that particular moment., uh, so that's one technique you can definitely use i I found I find it to be very helpful. Another that is passed passed down to us as a common practice of the Stoics is being able to have moments of reflection on a regular basis. One thing that you can do is you can have a journal and not just do it once a day. So a lot of people, what they do is they have their journal and they fill it out uh, at the end of the day. And it's just sort of a a diary of all the events that happened and your feelings about it. But I think an intentional way that some of the Stoics have uh, done their journals is by having both a morning and a night where they're doing the journaling. And what you do in the morning is you set your intentions for the day. You say, I am going to have a great day. I'm going to get these things done. And those, those things are important to me. And that, that's my intention. And then at night, you can reflect back and you can say, well, th- this morning I said I was going to do these things. Did I hold true to that? Or did I, did I stray off the course? And then why? Right? And that's a key part, right? Not just writing down what happened, but actually setting that intention for the day and then being able to give yourself feedback about how well you, you did it. So reflection is a great way to practice acceptance, right? In that moment of journaling, when you set your intentions, you sort of say like, here are the things that I think I can do, that I think are in my control. And at the end of the day, when you write sort of your conclusion, that's where you can say, you know what, it didn't go as as I planned. Maybe I took the course of action that I said I was going to take, but the outcome was different. And you just you get you get a chance to accept that. And you say, you know what, I I did the best that I could. I made the best decision that I thought in the moment. The outcome I couldn't control, but I could control my input. And I think that is a an important learning that you sort of get out of doing that reflective practice. The third pillar really ties it all together, action, right? So you take that awareness, you take the acceptance, you know, of, of what's in your control, what's not in your control, and then you take action. One of the techniques that I find very useful is being able to take something that you're struggling with and lean into it. Sometimes it may feel like you can't help but have a certain reaction. You know, every time you get on the stage or, you know, you you get this anxiety. Every time you do an interview, you get nervous. Every time someone gives you feedback, you start to feel bad about yourself. And so it's one of the ways that you can really combat this is to figure out the action that you can take. And it doesn't sound like there is an action you can take, but there really is, and that's leaning into discomfort. So I have had a lot of challenges publicly speaking. And I would get nervous and have difficulty remembering what it is that I'm trying to say. And my you know, first thought was maybe this isn't for me. Like maybe I can't help but but get nervous and I I have this problem and some people just you know don't get nervous when they do public speaking. Obviously many people get nervous doing public speaking. What I've learned from people have who have done it well and who've gotten over those challenges is that they just kept doing it. They kept doing it until the feelings just sort of fade away, right? So I call that technique leaning into discomfort, right? Anywhere in your life that you're having uh, feelings of, hey, I'm not comfortable with this or I don't like the way that that's happening. That's a signal. That discomfort is telling you this is something that you want to take action on, but instead you just have this general feeling of discomfort. You can really lean into it to resolve it, right? And so for me my challenges with public speaking, I just kept speaking more in public and I still get a little nervous, but a lot less nervous than I used to. And I really enjoy it. And now it's something that I pride myself in, in, in having a new skill that I otherwise wouldn't have. If I just thought that there's nothing I could do about it, then I, I would never have been able to recognize that there was an action that I could take to really overcome uh, those challenges that that I have so just to kind of you know circle everything up folks these three pillars of stoicism again from my interpretation that's awareness acceptance and action and then there's three techniques that I went over today that you can kind of pair up with those there's the self-distancing technique uh, which is you know imagining what you would say to yourself so if you're you know, doing something, you can pretend uh, that you're watching yourself and, and kind of be able to, to separate yourself from those, those thoughts and feelings. There's the ability to reflect, not only, you know, at the end of the day, but also setting intention at the beginning of the day and trying to identify, a, a, you know, what is within your control, what isn't within your control. And that third technique is leaning into discomfort, using that as a signal. To take action about something and, you know, maybe putting yourself uh, in a place where you might be uncomfortable, but with long enough exposure, you can actually discover the, the, the solution or the thing that pulls you out of that. So those are the three stoic practices that I highly recommend. And I think you're going to find that The the truth is we, we spend a lot of our time dealing with our emotions, trying to figure out, you know, how not to react negatively to what other people say about us or not to spend our time worrying about what others think about us and really redirect that energy into something super positive. So I'm really happy to be able to share these techniques with you and I hope you take them to heart use them to not only improve sort of your emotional state of mind, but also be able to, you know, quickly get back to, you know, logical reasoning and be able to accomplish what you want to do with your time without letting your emotions rule you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you like the show and would like others to hear about it, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's the number one way other listeners find the show. Thank you for listening. And remember, life is how you choose to spend your time. Please use it wisely.